Hello and welcome back to Franklin Covey's weekly On Leadership with Scott Miller podcast series. I'm your host and interviewer each week, and you may know me also as the author of Franklin Covey's newest 10-volume series from Franklin Covey, recently published as volumes one and two of Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, where each year I write a new book about 30 new guests from our podcast. With their permission, I highlight a single transformational insight and share some stories around that. Volume two just released a few weeks ago on our way to the third volume, 30 new guests, 30 new insights before we hit 10 volumes in the series. Today, our guest is the author of the phenomenal book, Set Boundaries, Fine Peace. Has there ever been a better value proposition for a book title? Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Nedra Glover-Tawab is joining us today. She is, of course, a relationship therapist and the author of this phenomenal bestseller. Nedra, welcome to On Leadership. Thank you for having me. Such an enthusiastic welcome. Thank you. Well, that's what you got with Scott Miller. I got one speed and one style, and <laughs> this is what our guests uh, uh, get. Uh, delighted to have you here. I've thoroughly enjoyed your book. I found it in Barnes & Noble several months ago on a shelf. It kind of spoke to me, and then I discovered you on Instagram, your, your social media insights, your influence is remarkable. I suggest everybody start to follow you on Instagram or whatever platforms that they are on. Love watching you and following you on your Instagram. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to set boundaries, how to um, find peace through setting boundaries, mm. a topic that I've always actually found elusive. In fact, Nedra, I'll talk a little bit at the beginning here. Um, as an officer in a public company, of which I was for many years, an entrepreneur and a leader of people, up through the 80s and 90s and 2000s and beyond, I kind of always had this misnomer of what boundaries meant. To me, people who had boundaries typically had a very clear expectation of what they would and would not do, of what they would mm. and would not be involved in, what their job was or was not. And I think in the yesteryears, I found that quite limiting. I actually tended to steer clear of people that had set clear boundaries. I found them to be generally inflexible, unwilling and have very clear expectations around, well, that's not my job or that's not my job expectations. And we all know, of course, that's changed in employment now where all of us are doing lots of things that perhaps were new, but that doesn't mean that boundaries aren't valuable. In fact, I think one of my biggest areas of growth is having the courage and the self-confidence, the self-esteem to set boundaries because much mm. of my career has been me maybe being afraid to set boundaries, where if I set a boundary, I won't be as indispensable or as valuable, that I have to do everything to everyone to find my relevance. And I'm at this interesting crossroads after having read your book and watching your Instagram to realize maybe some of all of that is true, but you are the expert today. So first, would you talk about why is it important to set boundaries and maybe signs that you need healthier boundaries. Mm. What you spoke about is having rigid boundaries, which I would not consider healthy boundaries because healthy boundaries are flexible. They do allow for some sort of wiggle room in what you're saying or doing for a person to have, I always say no to this, or I never do this thing. That is very rigid and structured. 
And that doesn't work in a lot of environments. There are times where we need to change our mind, where we need to shift our perspective. And that's a very healthy boundary as well. And we don't need the same boundaries in all situations with all people. It's really based on what helps us to feel safe and comfortable in this unique interaction. If I have a relationship with you and I want to continue to have a relationship with you, it might make sense to say yes, at least sometimes. It may not, I always say no, may not be, I always say no to this thing, but sometimes I say yes. And sometimes I say no, it really depends. Boundaries are really important because they help you to feel safe and secure in your relationships and in your interactions with other people. When we don't have boundaries, we tend to have a lot of issues with burnout, frustration. We become resentful of certain systems, of certain people. We get really mad and angry. And the boundary is for us, it is not always to control the other person. Sometimes we are using boundaries as a control mechanism for other people, which again is unhealthy. What we want to do is try to control our behavior, what we will and will not do, and that needs to be flexible. Nedra, you write about how important it is in the role that clarity plays in relationships. In fact, I think you even wrote clarity saves relationships. At Franklin Covey, one of our uh, obsessions is understanding the value that relationships play in the workplace, that we believe that actually people aren't really an organization's most valuable assets. It's actually the relationships between those people that creates a unique uh, competitive advantage inside organizations. You can have the two smartest people in the world, but if they can't get along together, compliment each other, forgive each other, pre-forgive each other, and you might even say set and respect healthy boundaries, they're kind of not needed. Talk about the role that clarity plays in fostering, building, and even saving relationships. I love clarity. It is the way that we get to the bottom of most situations. Unfortunately, we believe in common sense that everyone knows the same thing. And so in relationships, we assume that there's not a lot of things that we have to talk about. This other person person should just get it. They should know without us saying it. And often we have to explain things. We have to provide examples. We need to outline what our needs are and maybe tell people exactly how to meet those needs. I can't imagine starting the job and being told, hey, go do this thing without some level of training. And in relationships, we are essentially teaching people how to be in relationship with us. We are telling them, these are the things I like. These are the things that I do not like. What will I do when you do this thing? We're, we're teaching them how we operate without being clear about our needs, we suffer the consequences of lots of issues because people do not know. We assume that they should because we're in this relationship with them. We believe that when you love someone and you like them, you'll try to figure it out somehow in some way, when in actuality, a lot of it is up to us to communicate to other people. We cannot operate on this idea that they will figure it out or they should know. The truth is we have to be very clear, kind, and direct and tell people. 
Nedra, I'll bet you different people based on their um, hierarchy in an organization, whether they're the founder or they're a new employee, frontline or C-suite, newly mm -hmm. in a marriage or having just left one, I'll bet you people hear different things from you right now. Meaning, can you boundary your way into oblivion or irrelevance or isolation by setting boundaries that are so strict and so clear to you, but maybe they become a barrier between you and your relevancy, your intimacy, your relationship with others? Absolutely. It is 100% possible to have boundaries that are far too rigid, boundaries that keep people out. We build up these walls by having all of these rules and what we expect, and it has to be this exact way. And we spoke earlier about flexibility. There are situations where you need to be more flexible, and it's completely healthy to be flexible. There are other situations where you can give some more wiggle room, but treating people as one size fits all, whatever I do in this relationship, I have to do in this other relationship, it doesn't always work for us. So it makes sense to loosen those boundaries. Another big drawback of rigid boundaries is not knowing how to ask for help. And even when you do ask, not knowing how to accept it. There are times when we are really suffering because our boundaries are so strong. We don't want anything from other people. We want to do it all ourselves that even when people say, what do you need? How can I help you? We can't think of anything that, you know, I think of like holidays where people are like, I'm overwhelmed with planning for the holiday. How about delegating, you know, allowing other people to help you saying, this is what I need. If you just took this one thing, it would be such a relief for me. So being very clear that maybe sometimes my boundaries are a little too rigid. It's not that I don't have any boundaries. It's that the boundaries that I have are really keeping people away from me or it's not allowing people to know when I need help. In a moment, Nedra, I'm going to ask you to talk about some different types of boundaries, physical, intellectual, emotional, time, and material. Before we get to those, and I found those very relevant in my own life, um, why do people not respect other people's boundaries? Is it because they have different boundaries? Is it because the person hasn't communicated, these are my boundaries? When you have someone who feels like their boundaries aren't being respected, what are typically the reasons why and what should they do differently to adopt a higher level of acceptance and respect for their boundaries? When boundaries aren't being respected, sometimes we're not clearly communicating them. There are times when we're assuming that people know because we've talked about this problem, but we haven't clearly stated what the boundary is. We often talk about the problem. This is my issue with you. I don't like this. I would prefer if we really haven't stated my need is, my preference is, I would like, I need, here is my request from you. Those are indicators of the boundary to follow. So we have to be sure that we're actually communicating the boundary and not just saying, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this. We have to be clear about what those boundaries are for people to really get it. Other times, there are times in our lives where we're super clear and there are some people who are just not interested 
in communicating boundaries or listening to boundaries. So when you present the boundary, it's almost like perhaps I can um, get them out of this. Perhaps there's a way for me to work around what their boundary is, or perhaps if I keep being insistent on what my need is, they will forget that they even have the boundary. So there are times when we are being very clear about the boundary and people just won't respect it because they don't want to. Nedra, for those who are listening to you right now, including me intently thinking, okay, that sounds good. Uh, I probably need to set some more boundaries between me and my boss or my mother-in-law or my, my, my child my neighbor, how does someone know, discover, create the process for identifying what boundaries they should be setting so that they have that kind of flex, right, in that relational aspect of not being too rigid or stern or too flexible or trying it and then backing away when someone challenges you on it. You have a prescribed process on how to identify what boundaries would work best for you and how to communicate them? The first step is to figure out what's bothering you. We're all unique. Different things bother us. You know, I can be bothered by someone showing up at my house unannounced where another person could love when people just drop by. So it's really not this general idea of at work, these are the boundaries you must have or in this dating relationship, these are the boundaries you must have. You are a neat, unique individual, so your boundaries might be different from your friends or, you know, this family members. But really tuning into when you start to feel discomfort in your relationships. So what sort of things upset me? What sort of things annoy me? What sort of things make me, you know, hesitant to answer someone's email or phone call? Paying attention to when you're starting to feel um, this discomfort in certain situations can be a guide towards where I need healthier boundaries, what areas I need to shift maybe my communication or my behavior in, but it's really hard to say in general, here's here's a set yeah. of boundaries, yeah. let's start there. But just being unique in your process and saying, gosh, I noticed that you know when so-and-so calls, I really wanna to talk to this person. What is that about them? Perhaps they call back to back. Perhaps it's the tone that they um, start with when you talk to them, really digging in and figuring out what is my issue in this situation is the most helpful way to discover your boundaries. What would you say to leaders, like formal leaders of people that are trying to create a safe work environment and make sure everyone feels included, respected, and their voice is heard and they're seen, that they're trying to both retain and recruit talent and promote and also get work done and achieve results because every company either has a, you know, a mission or a margin focus, most both. What would you say mm -hmm. to a leader who perhaps is working with someone that has set a lot of boundaries? Perhaps they've set so many boundaries that you've got to say to them, listen, I'm sorry that you don't like that, but this is the way we do it here, or this is what has to happen. You have to work with this person because you have to get results and this person's involved. What, what, I know I'm, I'm sort of generalizing it, but any advice you would give to leaders who are working with employees who maybe have mm -hmm. well-intended boundaries, but they're kind of become a little too strict or too firm or too emboldened by them. And the yeah. leader finds them such that this person isn't delivering the results they need to keep their job. 
certain systems come with certain boundaries and we have to communicate and repeat what the boundaries are for the systems that people are operating in. There are certain, as you mentioned, there are certain jobs where there are boundaries already in place as a part of having this job. So it's really hard to honor some of the other things that people may request. And that has to be made clear up front. So people aren't like shocked, like, oh my gosh, I have to work until six. Absolutely, a part of this job is working within this time frame. So being clear if you're in a management role of what the duties entail. I, I know I've worked at jobs where um, it is said, you know, oh, it's flexible, it's this, it's that. And instead, it is something completely different. So being honest and transparent about, you know, these are our expectations and repeating that and letting people know right away when it sounds like the company's boundary or your boundary within the workplace is bumping up against theirs. And again, having those conversations that we have to work together, we have to figure out a way to do that. I want to honor your boundaries, but also I want to make sure this project is done. I want to make sure that this job is done because in this space, the primary focus is this thing here for both of us? And so how do we work on this together to make sure that we are completing work-related goals? I think one of the many reasons why I became so fond of your research, your work, your message, your book is your fixation. I mean that as a positive word on clarity. Our founder, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, one of his early co-founders and close confidants was a man named Dr. Blaine Lee. He wrote a book called um, The Power Principle, Influence with Honor, 30 almost years ago. And Dr. Lee was quoted as saying, nearly all, if not all conflict in life, comes from mismatched or unfulfilled expectations. And it's very much what you're evangelizing, if you will, in your work on having people move outside of their comfort zone sometimes and even discuss what here to now might have been undiscussable on their needs or even their requirements. I, I love the fact that you're re-evangelizing this idea of clarity. Let's talk about several different types of boundaries. Physical, intellectual, emotional, time, and material. There are others. Um, I happen to teach a class in the faith, the church that I'm involved in here in Utah. And last night I was up at this, at this uh, class and the religious education instructor and I were talking about some of the misbehaving kids in the class, which was minority generally. And she shared with me that uh, in a previous year's session, one of their students happened to be a female. I think their gender is immaterial, but the religious ed instructor, a, a, a married woman, mother of three, very reputationally sound person, came up behind this teenage student and put her hands on her shoulder, and, 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 not, and not in, a, in any way inappropriate measure. And the young woman turned around and said to her, um, I have not given you permission to touch me. Mm -hmm. And the education instructor, well-educated and appropriate touch and boundaries, that kind of stuff, you know, stepped back. And then, uh, because some other things that had happened in town, uh, there was recently a tennis instructor that's being um, prosecuted for a, a, um, an altercation with a, a student. There was recently in town a driver's ed instructor who was relieved of their business because of a... a um, a uh, alleged an allegation that's proven to be so far, I think, unsubstantiated. My point is, when I you talk about physical boundaries, what do we need to know 
especially in the workplace, around what's appropriate and not appropriate. I mean, obviously, there, we, we kind of know what's not appropriate, but that fine line between maybe putting mm -hmm. your arm on someone or tapping them or touch them on their knee, in 2022 and beyond, what do you need all of us leaders to know about respecting physical boundaries? It goes back to clarity. There are many times where people will say, do you want me to shake your hand or are you okay with hugs? Is it okay if I come a little closer? Having those conversations, because my boundaries are not your boundaries. The comfort level you may feel physically is very different than what I feel. Now, as a therapist, we are trained to not touch people as much. So it can be very easy for me. But even socially, just asking the question of, do you want, is it okay if I give you a hug or would you like to shake hands? Is it okay if, you know, if we sit closer together or do you want me to sit over here? Having those conversations with people can make them feel very comfortable. We assume that much of what we're doing, what we're doing is okay, that people won't have an issue with it. But in actuality, there may be discomfort, not because of you, but because of our own personal experiences right. or even how right. we feel about closeness. So it's really important to be open to someone maybe not wanting as much closeness as you might want. I think it really requires kind of a rethinking of everything in life. <laughs> I was in a sub shop in Salt Lake City here this past Saturday with, with two of my three oldest sons. My wife and I have three boys that are 8, 10, and 12. And after a basketball game, my 10-year-old and 12-year-old son and I went into a local sub shop. And a young lady took our order, and she was uh, quite reserved, but I could barely even hear what she was saying. Mm. And at the end of that, I asked her, I said, could you speak up? I, I, honestly, I can't even hear you. She spoke up a little bit more. And at the end, to kind of break the ice of what I think she thought was maybe my um, criticizing her, which it wasn't, wasn't I, I went to shake her hand. And she stepped back and she said, and she kind of had a look of horror in her face. And so I, I, I toned it down because I realized she didn't like me <laughs> or didn't like the situation. And she said, yeah, I don't touch. No, she said, I don't shake hands. So I went to do a fist bump, realizing my boys are watching me and watching how I'm, as a fairly loud, charismatic, strong personality, how I'm choosing to respect this person. I thought, well, I'll just fist bump her. She said, I don't, I don't, I don't touch. Mm. And, you know, I'm 54. She was 21. And I maybe, then I then said, right or wrong, I said, is that a result of the pandemic or something else with you? having just read your book, not the smartest statement. And she simply said, I don't touch. And then so I, mm -hmm. I dropped it and moved on. Um, <laughs> therapist, what could I have done better there other than attempting to shake her hand in the first place? Well, I appreciate how clear she was about her boundaries because we often assume that the other person will know it. And she very, very quickly said, I don't touch. And yep. it sounds like she repeated that until you understood, wow, this is a person that I cannot touch. Yes. It was a mismatch yeah. of how you all were willing to engage. And she's saying, I don't want to touch, period. I don't want to touch shaking hands. I don't want a fist bump and I don't want a hug. I don't want any touch. Now, the reason for her boundary, you know, she didn't want to explain it. And again, she set a boundary and said, I don't touch. 
That is it. That's all I have to say. And that was very appropriate. I think the kicker is the person on the receiving end of that dealing with the discomfort of hearing that very clear boundary. Because there are times when we don't know why people don't like certain things. And it may not be, you know, our business or um, appropriate for them to share. It could be all sorts of things that we don't need to get into in a workspace or, you know, in a a restaurant. Yeah, in a restaurant. And so it's okay to just keep restating that boundary. But oftentimes in workspaces, when you say no, or I can't, or I don't want to do this thing, it's like, why not? What's the reason for it? And here's the thing. If someone gives you a reason, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So you had someone hug you too tight. So now you don't want to hug me, but I hug softer. You know, it's it's this thing of are we trying to get this person to change their boundary for us? Or is there some way that we can learn to respect this boundary, even if it's not a boundary that we share? Well, in spite of the scenario I just shared with you, reading your book has actually helped me a lot because I think up until reading your book, I've generally confused my boundaries or my lack of boundaries with other people. You can hug me, you can slap me, you can high five me, you can, I'll give you a piggyback ride. I mean, you know, I, my life has been such that I've not set any boundaries for good and for bad, but I, I'm learning that my lack of boundaries in life has no correlation to what someone else's might be. Let's talk about intellectual boundaries. Uh, Expand on that. Mm. That is your view of the world. So often, you know, we have different political views, different religious views, and oh gosh, social media has made this such a big thing where if we disagree with someone's perspective on something, it's like, oh, I'm free to attack this person because they have, you know, two cars and I think you should only have one. And then it's like this philosophy of it's stupid. And, you know, all of these things to really demean, degrade, reject people when they don't have the same belief or thought system as us. There is a way to coexist. We've been doing it for thousands of years and we will need to continue to do it. And sometimes, again, it is us saying, you know, is this perspective detrimental or is it different than mine? When it is just a difference of opinion, we have to be able to say, okay, I don't have to persuade this person. I don't have to call them names. I definitely don't need to demean them in any way if I disagree. People are allowed to have a variety of perspectives and you may not share those perspectives. And it's okay to just step back and say, this is different from me and it is not harmful. Hey, Nedra, mm-hmm. I'm 0 for 2 <laughs> so far. <laughs> you, just re- you just described my last 25 dinner parties <laughs> where, uh-huh. uh, where um, uh, uh, former President Trump and current President Biden were the part of that conversation. Okay, emotional boundaries. Talk about that. Yes. So emotional boundaries is how you feel about stuff. We certainly live in a society where when things happen to us, we have a feeling about it. And unfortunately, people like to tell you how to feel. That's not okay. Why are you upset about that? You should just get over it. What are you crying for? It wasn't that bad. 
And that's not okay. We are violating other folks' boundaries and their right to feel however they want to feel for as long as they want to feel. Our, our, the way that we deal with stuff is not the way that other people might deal with stuff. Our presentation of emotions does not have to be another person's presentation of emotions. That's really hard to believe that, oh my gosh, we can experience the same thing and have two completely different emotional responses to that. But it's so true. We do not feel the same things in the same way. And it doesn't mean that what I'm feeling is more accurate than what this other person is feeling. So when people are going through things or they're having a response that you don't understand, it's not always the best perspective to say, you need to change your perspective to mine. Hey, Nedra, guess what? My wife just texted me and updated my score. Oh, for three. Okay, oh maybe there, I got two chances left here. <laughs> I, Are you kidding. like you're being too sensitive? I'm it's not. Like, oh my god. I don't okay. think I am because it's very okay. much like me to say, "Oh, well, don't feel that way or don't take it that uh, way." No, because I, I wanna, I want them to be happy and to improve and. Uh, Yes, okay, 0 for 3. Let's talk about, maybe I'm taking it too sensitive. <laughs> I've never been accused of being too sensitive, just so you know. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, do you do virtual therapy, by the way? <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's talk about time and the material, and then we'll thank you for your time today. Okay. So time, time boundaries, I think, is one of the biggest ones that we struggle with because we're always bumping up against, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. I need to be more productive. What will I do if I can't do this thing today? Because we live in this space of urgency. Unfortunately, time is one of the things that we have a lot of power and control over. The same folks who will say, I don't have enough time for, you know, taking care of myself and really leaning into self-care you know, you may be utilizing that time in another way. It might be, you know, hours on social media or watching TV or having long conversations with friends, listening to them complain about, you know, some unfixable area of their life. Like, what are we doing with our time? What are we allowing other people to do with our time? You have a lot of control and agency over how you spend your time and who you allow to use your time. So that is an area where it is often, oh my gosh, I don't have time. And really we need to figure out what to do with the time that we have. In terms of material boundaries, material boundaries, that is all of your stuff. So your money, your possessions, your things when we loan things out, when we allow people to borrow money, those are all our, our materials. And we have the opportunity to say yes, to say no, to describe how we, how we like things to be returned or to give deadlines for if things are borrowed, when we would like them back. All of those are material boundaries. There are times when, um, Maybe we loan something out and we realize, oh my gosh, I loaned this thing out to this person and they, you know, I let them use my weed whacker and they, they sent it back and it was broke. That might be a time where you start to understand, I can't let this person borrow certain things. So uh, again, it goes back to you. What will you do in these situations? It's not always they asked me, so I had to give it. You have some choice and what you allow others to have from you. 
Hey, Nedra, my wife has just texted me. And she says, see, stop loaning your car out. I've loaned it to my father-in-law, to a member of my faith, like a clergy, an employee. They always come back wrecked. Always. Scraped, scratched, all that. My wife says, stop loaning your cars out. You have no boundaries. You'll loan it to everybody. We have very nice cars in our home. And and it's been a problem. You have been a delight. Your book is, uh, I think mostly it's practical, is that mm-hmm. it's not a, a, an ethereal approach to boundaries. It was very practical. I felt like it met me kind of exactly where I was, uniquely in my own position of clearly having no boundaries, 0 for, 0 for 5. But your success is so well-deserved. I, I checked a couple of hours ago, number 300 on Amazon. So out of tens of millions of books, your book is one of the top 300 best-selling books across Amazon. I strongly recommend people follow you on Instagram, other platforms. Uh, Thanks for your time today. Tell us what's next for you. Oh, there are more books to come. I have a book coming out um, about family, so managing unhealthy family relationships, and I'm really excited about that. Of course, I will talk about boundaries in that book but it's so much bigger than cutting people off. It's really learning how to be in relationship with difficult people. Nedra Glover-Tawab, thank you for your time today. Look forward to the next book and perhaps re-inviting you back to On Leadership. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And we'll see you back here next week for a new conversation on leadership.